listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. And you? I'm doing great. Yeah. You know, I think... Um... I think today we need a couple of disclaimers. I think for today's <laughs> caveats conversation. Yeah. Number one is today's guest is uh, per normal is not a client of Cooler Partners, so in no way is uh, he may sound like a plant, but he's <laughs> right. not. But in no way is that uh, that that at play. And and I, I guess it's one of those things that can seem very self-serving, right? I mean, Cooler Partners is an agency. Um, and we encounter manufacturers all the time who are, um, you know, s- struggling with the, the dynamic of uh, do we build it in-house, do we have an agency partnership, do we do both, what are the right, what's the right way to grow a marketing uh, capability? And, and it can be assumed, I suppose, by a lot of people that as agency owners, our default is going to be, oh, well, agency is the right way to go. Obviously. Um, uh, so but it's not. Uh, well, I, I, I think we um, recognize a bit of different strokes for different folks here, and there's different ways to, to go about this. And um, so, yeah, I just wanted to kind of, uh, I guess people uh, that are listening, you can hold their feet to the fire. If you feel that we're too pro-agency <laughs> through the course of this conversation, then like, I don't know, like write us nasty emails or something. <clears throat> and any emails, you know, do you have any comments at all? We're here. <laughs> sure. Podcast at coolapartners.com. Um, yeah. So joining us today is Mike Zim and Mike is VP of marketing at Chris Tech Wire. Welcome to the Cooler Ring, Mike. Glad to have you. Thank you very much, Jeff. It's good to be here. Mike, uh, let's, uh, before we jump right into the discussion, perhaps um, introduce our listeners to you and Chris Tech, if you would. Yeah, so um, a bit about myself. So I've been at Christec now for over three years. Christec Wire is a copper wire manufacturer um, that focuses on the uh, on industrial construction, um, the gas and oil utilities markets, as well as uh, aspects of the renewable energies markets, particularly PV wire, which is used on uh, uh, in solar uh, solar panel installations. Um, prior to that, I actually worked at a digital marketing agency. Um, where I'm from New Haven, Connecticut. And that's where I really, it's called Digital Surge. That's where I really got my chops and learned a lot about digital marketing. Because prior to that, um, I knew nothing about marketing. 10 years ago, I taught ancient Greek and Latin. And my goal was to become a, uh, a college professor. I studied that for 12 years. And due to a variety of factors, I decided to make a career pivot. And I found myself uh, working at a marketing agency. And I didn't really know anything about marketing. So I'm very grateful for my previous employer, Digital Surgeons, because they really taught me what marketing was, particularly, you know, especially when you enter marketing with an agnostic pers- uh, perspective. Um, I, do- I developed a digital first um, perspective on marketing. And I experienced different parts of marketing when I was there. I learned about graphic design, some graphic design, learned a lot about content marketing, and I got, learned a lot about paid media. So actually, one of my focuses there was I learned the ins and outs of Google AdWords. Um, Bing ads, LinkedIn ads, Facebook ads. And you know, I think most marketers have a specialty. Maybe you come from the branding side, you come from the product marketing side, or you come from the demand gen side. And I was more in the demand gen uh, area. And it was, I really liked working in the agency. And often, you know, after I think people often go to a marketing agency and you can decide, do you want to stay in the agency life? Do you love agency life? Or can you take that experience and say, okay, no, I want to become more specialized. I want to go in-house. 
And saying going in-house, that's very broad. I mean, are you B2C? Are you B2B? And each of those have multiple verticals in them. You know, B2B, are you going to work in the SaaS space, uh, what, um, the energy market? What, what do you want to do in B2B? And I got involved in B2B manufacturing. Uh, part of the reason why I was one of the um, customers I focused on a lot of my digital marketing agency, uh, digital surgeons, uh, was a manufacturer. And that just interested me a lot. I thought the challenges they dealt with there, um, learning the ins and outs of AdWords for this company, really got me into it. And eventually, I was brought on to Chris Tech to build out the marketing department. So that was over three years ago, and uh, I love it. And it uh, has a slew of challenges, you know, going from in-house, working in an agency. I'm sorry, going from agency side, then going to in-house. Really different challenges. I think when you're in an agency, you can go really deep, really deep in one specific discipline. But you can touch a variety of different companies. So you learn a lot. But like what works at this company might not work at that other company. But you get good at that. Once you go in-house, um, you develop a different kind of breath. Like you have to know everything. You have to know a little bit of email marketing. Like you'll still be strong, almost like that T-shaped employee. You'll have your strengths. Um, in my case, it's paid media. I love paid media. Still to say, it's one of my special strengths. I've been to my organization. But um, you have to learn about email marketing. You have to do it. <laughs> So it's not to just tell delegate to someone to do MailChimp. You really have to roll up your sleeves and get into MailChimp, learn something about segmentation. You have to do content marketing because you're looking for proof of concept, like what works. You know, should I uh, should I throw gas on this and really go deep into this uh, vertical, or you're not getting a particularly good return? Um, you have to know a little bit about Photoshop, a little bit about Illustrator. At least I feel like in the position I was I was in to have empathy for who you work with and what you're doing. But you need to have that, you know, excitement for the different disciplines of marketing. I, I think you're absolutely right. I want, I want to just go back to, you know, <laughs> your pivot is interesting because, you know, there's my brother-in-law is the dean of the university um, classics department here in Halifax. Oh, really? And the one thing he said is the only thing you can do with a classics degree is teach other people classics. So it's interesting <laughs> that you are the exception to that rule. You can, in fact, do other things. Well, I will say one thing. I remember hearing this talk once. Actually, it's by Reed Hoffman, the founder of LinkedIn. He was talking about when they were starting PayPal. Okay, And he said that when they started PayPal, it was himself, uh, Elon Musk and Peter Thiel. And none of them had finance backgrounds. You know, Elon Musk on the science side, Peter Thiel was on the trained lawyer. And I think Reed uh Read Hoffman's study philosophy. So we're going to transform the this this world of finance with uh, you know, but none of them have true finance backgrounds. But one is they realize they're like, well, that could be an asset because if you come with a bunch of you know of preconceptions about how something should operate, um, you can be just really regimented about how things should be done and not willing to be open minded enough. Whereas if you go in with a totally blank slate and you're willing to learn, you know, I mean, a lot of things in the world you can fundamentally learn if you're open minded. And if you're willing to go deep and apply what I call that deep learning instinct to any discipline, whether it's marketing, could be finance, um, it could be sales, you name it, you can get really good at that. And that's as, and that's the approach I have, especially with classes. Well, if I spent you know 12 years learning ancient Greek and Latin, I think that if I take some of that energy, actually most of that energy, and apply it to this, I think I can I can figure it out. <laughs> that makes sense to me. And I, I'm curious. You said you've been there about three years now at Chris Tech, and 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 part of what you've been brought on to do is build out the marketing function and the marketing horsepower, if you will. Um, so can you give us some texture, like kind of how many team members there are internally? Sure. So um, there are currently, including myself, three active marketing full-time team members. We have a marketing um, automation specialist. We have a content um, marketing manager and myself. And we're growing, especially when you first... 
Uh, I'm actually glad. Uh, I was really happy to come build a marketing department because especially, you know, when you join a B2B manufacturing organization and there's no marketing, it's great because no one has any pre-existing biases of what marketing should be. You know, I've heard quite a few stories of new marketing leader comes in and the sales team already has some um, preconceptions about marketing. So they spend time having to first disabuse that sales team of any bad experiences they may have had in the past. Whereas if you come in, there's nothing. It's great. You know, you can just, you're starting at zero. And sometimes if you go in and there's a, just there's been a history with sales and marketing, you're actually starting a negative five. So you need to get to zero. One of the things about starting at zero, however, for some organizations is that they've also never spent on it. Yeah, so, they don't have a budget. Like, we yeah. hired you. Why do we need to spend more? Yeah. 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 Have you encountered that? And you're starting from zero? Was it a fight for budget? Well, so once you, you know, you're brought on by the, you know, the leadership team, the C-suite, they're already curious, right? They're, I mean, by, by virtue of saying, hey, we want to start marketing. There's an open, the, the leadership at Chris Tech had an open-mindedness about us. Let's see what this is, right? So it's not like I didn't go to them and say, you need marketing. And you're trying like, ah, oh, we don't want to open, you know, open up the wall for that. Like, hey, let's see if there's something here. And um, I forgot the name of the book. Uh, it's called Traction Channel or Traction. It's about different marketing traction channels. I forgot. I think it was the founder of DuckDuckGo who wrote it. I'm forgetting the name of the author. But um, in this book, you know, I said like, there are multiple traction channels, right? There's paid social, organic social media marketing. Uh, SEO, content marketing, you know, app development, email marketing. I'd say even marketing automation is actually fundamentally different from email marketing. And you're a little bit like a kid in a candy store. So, hey, here are all these different traction channels that you can use. And in an organization, most companies are not going to use all of them. You're looking for that cocktail. Right? What's, that what's, that what's that special recipe for an organization that's going to work? Especially if you've never done lead gen, or like no one's done any of this before. You have no idea. You have to be really open-minded. So you begin, you essentially uh, use a um, kind of a bullets versus cannonball approach, right? You're trying to just, you know, do something, you know, relatively not too much investment, maybe two or three months and see if anything sticks there. So for example, one thing I did was, you know, I started to test out AdWords. I didn't know if it was going to work out. No, let's bid on these products. You do that for a couple months and you start to see that you're not just getting leads that you like, you're getting leads that your sales team says, yes, this is good. This is great. Okay. Now go deeper in the campaigns. You start to build out a campaign structure, right? You're sort of, okay, let me give more thought to this because this is, if it's been working for two or three months, the chances are it's going to work as a long-term viable strategy. And you start to build that out when you're going really deep with that. So you, uh, in year one, you have kind of the pioneer approach to marketing where, hey, I'm just going to test out traction channels, see what works. And I'm sure, and there are others, you know, I've not really done any app, I haven't worked on app, app development, all those other things out there. Um, I've honestly just started to get deeper into branding. You know, I've come to really develop a much deeper appreciation for the value of sales, sales collateral and see my sales team, which they love this, like the value of a great graphic. It's hard to quantify it, but you know, it's valuable. So I'm really going deeper into that right now at this time. And so after year one, you're getting results. Hey, there's, there's something here. And then you have to think about the next prod, you know, like, well, maybe the goal is to build a new website. Um, maybe you start to explore a marketing automation platform. And you know, one thing I realized once we built started to, we um we got our marketing automation platform, we use Acton as our map. Um, we need someone who could really run it where you know any, anyone can do it, you know, um basically half-assed by themselves, but to really get a lot of value out of that system, you have to invest. So you persuade the organization, hey, we need someone here full time to do this. And now you have that next hire. I think that's a good jumping off point for this kind of a, the kind of core of today's discussion is that how have you thought about 
um, you know, when to leverage agency resources versus when to um, say, guys, we, we need to have this capability in-house. How are you um, uh, delineating that, if you will, or thinking about it um, and, uh, and, and selling it through? I think for a good agency, it's really a partner. They're not, they're not just, you know, they're not mercenaries that you're just talking to. These are consultants. These are people that you work with closely. And not only you work with closely, especially if marketing has a seat at, you know, at the table, part of the, the leadership team, it makes it much easier to advocate. You want your sales, you, you don't really want yourself to have a relationship with the marketing team. You want your sales team to have a relationship with this or with the marketing agency. You want your sales team to have a relationship with that marketing agency because there are a lot of requests I get from the sales team. And honestly, it's like, hey, you know what? It's best for you to have that meeting yourself with the marketing agency. So you can discuss the vision and rather than you know, just playing broken telephone is going through you, through them, and you're working with them a lot on that. And I'd say what I found is that, you know, with a marketing agency, one, the bigger you get, the more you grow your team, the more likely you might need multiple agency partners, right? So, you know, there's no agency that does everything. I don't care who that agency is. You know, there might be one, uh, you know, in your case, it's focused on B2B manufacturing. There might be another agency that focuses on all kinds of industries, but they just do SEO. Or they just do content marketing. Their real specialty is, you know, um, PowerPoint deck design. You know, so they're specialized there. But let's say you start to realize, like, okay, you know, this agency, you're you're trying to rely on them for everything. But you realize, hey, we're starting to have specialized needs here. You don't cut off your relationship with the agency. Far from it. We now need to scale the agency relationship. So you now need to start to focus. We need to get another agency who's going to be really good at that to complement this existing agency. Um, but what I found is like working with agency, you'll never have all the resources in-house an agency has. You're just not. I mean, agencies will have an analytics expert, right? Someone who's really good at Google Tag Manager. I mean, unless you're a really big enterprise scale company, I think of, I don't know, Vanguard, a company like that, you're probably not going to have a tag manager specialist in-house, if I'm being honest. You know, um, you're going to just need someone who can who has those resources and they can consult with you. I mean, often a good agency will tell you, no, oh, that's a bad idea. You don't want to do that. Um, you know, if I, I may give one example, an issue I was dealing with a couple of years ago was with conversion rate optimization. And, you know, sure enough, you talked to a lot of people about conversion rate optimization. Oh, you need to do more of this, more of that. But sometimes I was talking to an agency and um, the issue is not doing more. It actually just might be you're missing something. It's, doing, it's not even doing less. Just you don't have a conversion rate problem. You have an analytics problem. So one of the things that's been very helpful for us is we use CallRail. And uh, we're not, I have no, um, I don't, CallRail didn't pay me for this, by the way. Um, I think that I forgot the other platform that's used for call tracking. But I said, let's test this out because our conversion rate is not that high. But I had, an, we had an hypothesis that maybe there's a way out there to track for that last step analog conversion, the phone call. And sure enough, the uh, marketing agency told us, oh, you know, there's a tool out there called CallRail, which I haven't heard of. They said it might be effective. So that's an idea would never come in-house, no idea about it. And then you implement this new piece of tracking software in Presto, you say 30, 40% of your conversions are now due to this tracking software. So that's an amazing thing to have someone out there who, um, you know, like that great MarTech infographic, um, for, I think Scott Brinker made it, that just has all those different companies on it. No company's marketing is going to know all of that. But I'm, and obviously no marketing agency is going to know all the companies on that. But people in the marketing agency, especially if they have some more experience in your discipline, in your in your industry focus, they will be better versed at looking at it and say, you know, maybe try this piece of software. So that's part of the consultative role I think, of the agency. It's not just about you saying, do this, do that. I think that's a pretty unhealthy relationship with an agency. It's consultative. You you almost feel like they're an in-house 
partner. You you really have a relationship with them. I have to um, <clears throat> hope that there isn't actually an agency that specializes in PowerPoint deck design because, oh, my God, that would just be the worst. <laughs> it would be soul-sucking. <laughs> yeah, really? maybe, <laughs> maybe not PowerPoint. Maybe, maybe, maybe Keynote. Okay. okay, yeah, a little better. It's a little better. It's a bit of an inside joke amongst those of us who speak about how much better Keynote is than PowerPoint. Um, I'd be really interested in, you know, and I completely agree with you, you know, agencies have broader depths of experience and different types of people in, in more specialized marketing roles generally that they can bring to those things and therefore they can suggest solutions that you may not have been aware of. Um, I'd be interested in learning more about, you know, what the trigger point is in your mind for when you go looking for an agency and how you approach that choice. I'd just be interested in, in exploring how you've done that. You know, looking for an agency, look, I think you should spend months looking for, when you're looking to hire, I mean, assuming you don't have like a two week day, like, wow, you lost a critical team and we have two weeks to go to recruit or hire someone. You should really approach hiring a new team, team member with a great deal of time and thought. It's, it's a critical part of your organization. Apply the same rationale with an agency. Spend, you know, don't just say next two or three weeks, like I'm going to go hire an agency. You really, that's a key relationship, just like a key, you know, a manager is a key relationship in an organization or someone in your C-suite. You should spend, I think, months, you know, looking for an agency, vetting them, talking to them, find out what they're good at. Are they honest? You know, do they say, hey, you know, I think it's always great if an agency says, we're actually not good for you. We focus, um, you know, in your case, probably someone reach out to you in the, you know, an e-commerce and uh, a travel company, given your specialties, I don't know if you probably take on, right? Jeff, Carmen, you take on the relationship. See, that already itself is a good sign. Someone says, no. Like the an agency that says we do everything versus one that automatically qualifies itself. They either do certain industries, whether it's finance, manufacturing, or SaaS, you name it. Or at least they say, we, we really just focus on this. So yes, you know, we only do content marketing. So you're looking for a PPC agency, maybe consider... I don't know. I mean, especially if you're a large organization, one of the bigger agencies that just focus on PPC. So one that disqualifies is if they disqualify themselves, so they're trying to, that's a really healthy sign too. Like you're, they're, they're looking for the partnership as much as you are. Cause I'm sure, you know, it's like as an agency, you probably have had bad partners in the past or at least partners were like, you know what? We're ready to cut the cord. Is that fair to say? Oh, I think that's pretty accurate. <laughs> We've been in this business a very long time, Mike. Yeah. If you're going to flip this, uh, if you're going to flip this uh, psychiatrist couch around on yeah. us, it's going to get messy. No, I, yeah, I'm sure I'm, every age has horror stories about like bad, you know, it's probably a client that comes, they wave a lot of money, right? And like, this is going to be great. And then probably four or five minutes, are like, what the hell do we get ourselves into? How do we get out of this relationship? So it's, it's, it's very much, um, it's a dance. Both of you are trying to qualify each other to figure, hey, is this right? Is this the right call? You're looking through the blogs, right? Like, what kind of articles have they written? And if you see there's just a medley of topics that have no relevance, I mean, it's, that's, you know, if you're going to some for content marketing, chances are you hope they have good content marketing, right? When I hire someone, you know, who doesn't have good content marketing, or if you're looking for a social media agency and their social media sucks, why would you hire them? Why, right? So you're going through all of that to say, hey, is this the right relation? Much like when you hire a new employee, is this going to be, I'm a good employee. So, you know, obviously search matters there. Like, you know, think of if there are keywords that matter to me and you type in that keyword, you see agencies are showing up at the top of the search for that keyword. That's a decent sign right there. Okay. They get search, you know, Hey, they're ranking. They, in some way knew me. I was able to Google that and clearly someone that age was targeting those keywords. So that's a good sign, especially if you're looking for someone that has search specialties. Um, you're looking at the branding, the aesthetic, you're looking at case studies, you know, obviously, 
if you're looking at agency and you see, you know, I mean, especially with case studies, that's really bottom funnel content. I mean, honestly, one of the reasons why I went to act on is our map was that they had some good, compelling manufacturing case studies in there, which some of the other competitors that I was considering did not. That's if I have a case study. I mean, a lot of, most people don't, the people that read case studies are, they tend to be bottom of the funnel. Like, hey, come on, like, let, let's close this. Like, you're there. So you've already done a lot of the, the qualifications, a lot of that's already been done before you ever had that first phone call with that agency. Um, and then when you talk to them, you know, are they, I mean, are they friendly? I mean, these are people you want to work with, right? Hey, can we have a healthy working relationship with each other? Can, you know, can they say no? I mean, I, I wouldn't want to work with it much like you wouldn't, I personally wouldn't want to work with an employee, no matter how good, if they were obnoxious or, um, if they were just difficult personalities, I'm, I'm not interested in that. Are your digital marketing efforts bringing in too many junk leads? Stop wasting time and distracting your sales team. Account-based marketing can help give your marketing strategy the laser focus on qualified buyers that you need to increase your pipeline velocity, close more deals, and grow your business faster. We've created a sample manufacturing ABM plan to help you get started. Download the sample manufacturing ABM plan at bit.ly slash sample ABM. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash sample ABM. I wonder how much of a, it'd be hard to divorce it, I suppose. How much of your approach to this is basically in some ways grounded in the fact that you've worked agency side. So of course you've experienced what it's like to have uh, clients that um, appreciate the counsel and you generate results for versus those that maybe are uh, looking for order takers or what have you. I mean, um, I, I guess I, I wonder has has your approach um, and way of thinking about um, investing in agency relationships found any? Um, uh, I, I guess has it encountered any any friction internally with those that maybe didn't share the same agency background that you come from? Is, uh, ha, has this been a, a challenge to get adopted in any way? Well, I think so. An agency that's what actually goes back. You know, should you in house versus outsource marketing? You need both. I can't imagine really an, ag an agency, a company that's entirely outsourced its marketing to an agency. It's fundamentally setting up that agency for failure <laughs> because. That agency doesn't know the gross margin of your products. They're not part of those you know, expansion decisions, what your key strategic goals are, not just from a marketing standpoint, not just from a sales standpoint, but from the entire organization. So they, you, an agency needs someone who can really advocate you know, internally what this is. Um, I, in my opinion, I think often when an agency relationship fails with a company, um, I'd often this is just, I could be wrong here. My sense is often the onus is on the marketing department in that company. Maybe they didn't qualify properly. Maybe they didn't do their due diligence, right? If you just go out there and hire an agency, oh, I'm going to hire an agency that focuses on the travel industry uh, tomorrow. Okay, they've never done anything manufacturing. It's not going to be a good relationship. But whose fault is that? Let's just say the output of the agency isn't great. Is that agency really responsible? I'd argue no, because you... Internally, the company should have done the time and done the work to find out what's going to be the right agency partnership. That's a big part of it, like taking the time to find that. Mike, what do you think is unoutsourceable? Um, I'd say really, more, I think the real marketing strategy, because I mean, I think a good marketing strategy is so tied to the sales strategy, the operation strategy, even part of the, you know, the, the finance strategy. You can't, you need to really be internal to the company to be privy to those conversations. 
And then once you have those conversations and once you have the overall organizational goals, you then take that and then you can say, okay, here's what I need. Like, here's where we're going to go. And that and you you find that agency who's going to help you out with that a lot. But there, there has to be that there, that openness there. And it has to come, I think, internally from the company. I I think sometimes I can see how companies might turn to a marketing agency and they say, save us, save us, right? And they expect them to be miracle workers. But again, uh, since I focus so much on the B2B space, the manufacturing space, you have to, you're looking at a long-term relationship. So you shouldn't be saying, hey, I'm going to get wins the next one to two months. <laughs> You know, it doesn't work for that. Or even if- yeah, if something that's sales cycles 18 months long, you're not going to get wins in one to two months, <laughs> typically, um, which is so often the case in B2B, of course. But even if it's branding, you know, I remember at one point, like, working on a logo, and I was working with a freelance designer, and you just, you're, you're in, inside the company. If you haven't worked with Illustrator, especially when, you know, I think when a lot of designers work, they think in terms of a system. So if you have, whether it's a, a one-sheeter or, or, you know, um, a landing page design or a logo design, you can't, if you just change one thing, oh, let's just change that. Can you like cut out that thing right there? It's designed to work as a whole. So I think a design often when they work with that, they, they'll modify, but they think just of a system. Like, how do I modify that? So I've seen times where, you know, I might be the company and the, you start to get all these requests for making this modification of that. And you need to be honest, like, hey, someone put a lot of time and thought into that. So you can change that, but you're going to pay for it. You might think you just asked for, you know, um, a typeface change. However, that's time for the for the designer. So being able to make that case, so they said, "Oh God, that's gonna be the cost of that," as opposed to just someone's like, "Hey, just have someone make that, have the agency make the design." There's no one talking to them. You're just gonna get a big bill at the end of the month and be like, "What the hell is this? What's with this bill? Why is it so high?" I, I I almost wish instead of worrying about the cost of design adjustments in terms of what it takes to get them made. I wish maybe people thought a little bit more about the cost of design adjustments in terms of messing up the design. What it means. Yeah, well, because I think so often people that are feeding back on that, they don't understand visual design. They don't understand visual communication. They they don't appreciate that that system is designed to work as a whole, to your point. So then, well, I'll just make this tweak or just make that tweak. It's like, yeah, but now none of it actually works together anymore. It doesn't tie together anymore, anymore yeah. Um, and, and there will be some sort of long-term uh, negative impact of that. And then, of course, the designer, no, they can't quantify what that long-term <laughs> negative impact is. All you can do is point to companies that have not taken those kinds of decisions and have more um in some way and this is the ultimate creative term trusting the creative process and then they of course experience uh, over index and profitability the classic example that any designer is going to try out probably apple or nike but um it's a it's an interesting one because i i think sometimes a good uh, uh client side marketer um, is somebody who can explain that dynamic to their company, mm. um, and it's with, without if that makes some sense. Carmen, I think that's that is a hundred percent accurate. You need this, so that's an example. You can't. How do you outsource? You need someone internal to the company who's explaining, like you know, that a trusted individual in that company that other divisions of the companies trust. You know, have a relationship with. Be that's fair. Hey, here's what you asked, and here's what you're going to get. You've just slowed down the process dramatically. So don't try to tell the agency do this. And but you know, again, the agency might want to eventually cut and run. You're in there. You need to view it as a long-term relationship, like like an employee, right? I mean, I think a good agency relationship 
I mean, that's one of these, obviously, that's a good question for an agency. What's the average tenure of a, of a client? So you find out an agency, the average tenure is like five or six months. Something's not right there. It's not either, either they are working with the wrong company. Can't imagine they would tell you that if that were the case. But yes, <laughs> that would not be a good sign. No. I do think, though, this conversation of average tenure kind of cuts both ways. And I think it's something like somebody in your seat must be dealing with, which is, um, how hard it is to get. What's the average tenure of an employee? Yeah, or a in a particular marketing a marketing employee. employee in a B2B manufacturer. Well, I was just wondering, do you look at your agency versus in-house um, decisions at all through a lens of uh, talent management or capability redundancy? Well, so that's a good question. One in my case, like, what's the average tenure? Well, it's as long as I've been there, right? So all the mar- uh, we've had no marketing ten- marketing employee turnover right now, which is probably not that reliable. And maybe if you were talking to a company like a I don't know, ABB or GE or, or uh, I think I saw you interview T, some of T connectivity once, you might get a better answer to that. Unfortunately, I can only say right now, uh, I've been the, I've been here for about three and a half years at this point. So that's that's a tenure. But um, you are, you know, I, I can imagine down the road wanting to hire another agency not to replace, simply like, hey, I mean, it's funny going back to that, what we joked about, like keynote or PowerPoint design. Maybe there is an agency out there where there's a lot of value. And if you have a sales team where you know, there's their presentations for their customers are critical, you know, again, with design, um, you know, it's one of these I've come to develop the highest appreciation for once you go in-house to a company because it's so hard to quantify, but you know it matters. This highly qualitative thing, but you know, you know it's really important because you just see when you get that great line card design, what's what's the how do you quantify the value i don't know i just know that it works and it's great and then your sales team knows that too when you have an excited sales team where they feel all of a sudden empowered like you can just you can see their confidence go up when they engage with a customer when they have a great powerpoint you can you know you're, you're arming them for that sales it all comes together so i'd say but um you just as far as the resource we have in house, and we'll never have everything an agency has. Um, and you know, the agency at the same time they need that they need that customer, the company who's going to advocate for what's needed. And you know, I think when you go to an agency, they have a creativity, right? They they have a pretty fresh set of eyes. Um, you know, one of those I think another agency can do that's really helpful is I'm sure you've all seen those stats where you know what's the average open rate per industry. What's the average click-through rate? And it's very hard to come with you know those numbers. You'll see, you'll even see a breakdown B two B average for a B two B manufacturer. But even in B two B manufacturing, do you sell direct? Do you sell the distribution? What is your sale? So I think often you go to an agency, they can give you data. Like they'll they'll hash it, they'll anonymize it. But hey, for KPI metrics, can you help me figure out like what should be a reasonable traffic growth based on comparable uh, customers that you have? You know, keep it anonymous. Of course, you need to tell me who they are. But you can look at the sessions they're averaging per month and you can tell me objectively, how am I doing? Like, let the agency hold your feet to the fire. And again, it's funny, we talk about you know, getting feedback. Uh, you should ask an agency for feedback. How am I? Am I a good customer? Am I a shitty customer? It's great. You know, listen, I ask um, all of our employees. Like, they ask me, like, you know, I ask them if when you know, they get, um, whenever I'm having my one on ones, how did I do this week from a communication availability support framework and let it rip on a scale of one to 10? Maybe I was a one this week. No, and you can. Be honest, and that's you need to have that. Instead of with the agency, you know, am I a good customer? Because if you're not a good customer, it's just a reality of life. That agency is going to give you a little less effort and attention. The agencies, I think, that love when an agency. I'm sure you can both speak to this. When you have a partner that you love, you'll go, 
you'll go the extra distance for them. You're just going, it's human nature because you have a, a relationship with them. You'll do things for them. But if it's someone where it's more transactional, like, oh, they're okay. Okay. You'll get, then, then that company's going to get that out of the agency. Yeah. Look, it's a, it's a human business uh, either way, right? And Yeah. Uh, I'd be curious. Having looked at life from both sides now, as it were, um, uh, when you were, now that you're in-house, um, what is the one thing you wish you knew when you were agency side that you didn't know? I wish, you know, when I was agency side, you tend to think of really just marketing as your world. I mean, that's, you know, hey, that that, that is the client that is, um, that is the agency, you know, works with is marketing. And one of the things I really appreciate being in-house is think of the totality of the business. Like I've had to really expand my knowledge of things like finance, some operations, sales, but yeah, knowing just elements of gross margin, um, you know, knowing how you do from a profitability standpoint. I mean, honestly, even just taking something as simple as being able to include like uh, gross margin metrics. I use SEMrush. I don't know what we use for um, for SEO, but I love like, well, imagine when you look at those keywords, just having a column there for those high value gross margin products. So I never really thought of those things much until I went in-house. Like you're thinking of a conversion as a conversion. Uh, at least, you know, take a look at, you know, if you're looking at organic SEO or AdWords, you're really just thinking in terms of those conversions. And you tend to think in terms of things such as what's your CPA, right? Everyone's like, well, what's a good CPA? What's this now? Once you go in-house, there's definitely a level of nuance I wish I appreciated that would give me a better question to ask. Like, hey, I may have only gotten two conversions this month, but let me tell you about those conversions. And by the, in the previous month, I got 10 conversions, but it can almost become a vanity metric. And by the way, a number of those were crap converted. Most of those are crap garbage conversions. So especially in the B2B space, you can do like an 80-20 power law of like, hey, that one conversion might account for the majority of your marketing uh, contribution revenue for the year. So who cares if it was $110 CPA or $200, $300 if it was, you know, six figures. Right. I feel like there was a level of um, being able to interrogate the data that I wish, again, it would have made for a much more sophisticated analysis had I had the information now. Not just obviously knowing the ins and outs of my business, just literally the questions that you bring to bear on data. Um, it can make, honestly, for a much you know healthier relationship with the agency where, you know, instead of just getting a report, um, it's funny. One of the things uh, uh, I don't like reports from an agency because I think, like, why waste time? I can read the analytics data. Let's not wait. Do, we, does, do you like writing reports? Probably not. I, I doubt it. Okay. I don't think anyone really likes giving reports. I can read the data. So that's not a good use of the agency's time either. Let's focus on this instead. And you, it, it makes it much easier for me to figure out is this working, is it not? And, and to make that case for our leadership team. And they know, because like when you see these leads, here it is. I can show you through the map, through the marketing automation platform, came from here uh, through, through say Bing ads, uh, went to Dynamics, that's the CRM we use. And then you can follow up on that lead. It's very hard to do as an agency to really follow the full life cycle of a lead. You know, you just, especially when it comes to critical data sources like an ERP system or um, something your CRM or often agency might not have access to that critical data source, understandably. But you can go through and make, this is working. And then you want to convey that to the agency because the agency will know that. There might be scratching. I think it's a good example of call rate. Like our conversion rate is terrible. It's not going well. But then you guys, you know, you don't have a conversion problem. You have an analytics problem. It's a lot better. But you need to have that ability to have that discussion. And all of a sudden, if that was the agency, they're going to feel a lot better about their output of their work. And also just um, another example of like um, with an agency, you know, there's certain 
disciplines of marketing where it's just a long game. So if uh, let's just say a, um, if, a, if a B2B manufacturer to hire a marketing agency for content marketing services, and let's just say they're really focused in terms of SEO, if they hire that agency with the expectation of in two months, I'm going to see a huge difference. They need to be educated or really that's probably just a bad customer. Like that's not how SEO works. It's months. I remember my first year, there was one keyword I went after months. Okay. And I remember we finally, there was a Google algorithm update. I want to say it was in September or October of, I believe 2019. And the rankings were reshuffled and finally that keyword climbed to the top of search. And then we saw the traffic climb there, uh, climb at that point, but it was about nine to 10, nine, maybe 10 months in the making. That's a long, that's a shot. <laughs> a nine month overnight success. But it, it's a shot. And, and that's often, is that, um, Hey, we need a quick win. Though, it's like, well, sometimes the win is an invest. I don't want to say sometimes the win's an investment. You know, there's no. Well, how do you climb for the keyword? Well, there is no. You could do AdWords, but there's not a shortcut there. So even just making that case to the company, having that, you know, that person internal the company, and the agency just knows this individual gets it. They understand it. As opposed to can you imagine working with, you know, um, someone who doesn't really have that much, you know, um, knowledge of marketing, but they're your in-house, you know, uh, client. And like, you know, a month and a half in, why, where are my results? Hey, like, that's not, you know, you need to know, like, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. And honestly, it seems like it's not going to be a good conversation. If for everything an agency tries, they're going to need to make that, like, have that discussion. It's going to be exhausting. Yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Mike, that, that's, it's been a phenomenal conversation. Really enjoy your perspective on, on how you work with agencies and, uh, and other partners and build your internal teams. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you both. It's been great. Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.